You're now listening to what will be called the Role Models Podcast, where two black dads talk about anime, movies, and gaming. Two friends, 12 years strong, going back and forth about the things they love the most. Why I do a spinoff podcast? Because black people got to have their own shit. Support black business. The Mighty Shields back at you again because I couldn't just get enough of one podcast. We got to have two. Uh, if you're hearing this after you've heard the Salt Happens podcast, um, good for you. Thank you for supporting. Uh, support Black Business. Um, and, <laughs> and so it is the actual two Black members of the of uh, Salt Happens. Uh, it'll be me, Michael, Monkey Boy Shields, and uh, Derek, the kid. And, uh, man, we just thought we'd do our own little spinoff thing. I think it's because we are the only ones that stay up on anime. We're the only ones that stay up on the Marvel movies when they come out. I mean, yeah, we we, we pretty much stay up on, on the movies, especially Marvel movies. I'm a Marvel fanatic. Um, if anybody knows me, they know that I am, I've got a huge Marvel shirt collection. I'm a huge Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Cap fan which is rare for most people. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I do want to bring up the first topic, to be quite honest. Uh, first, first and formal topic would be the Marvel Universe, because I'm going to be going to go see this new, uh, I'm going to go see the Avengers again with this new seven-minute footage and all that stuff. This will be my fourth time that shows dedication for those who are listening to this um, and where the Marvel universe is potentially going to go after this. So um, Mike, I know you may know this, but many people may not know, but the next Spider-Man uh, movie closes out the infinity saga, which pretty much was 22 whole great movies. Like, I don't know. We go. I'll say good to great. There wasn't any bad movies, but there was some, you know, heavy mid movies in that. In that, <laughs> so <but> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm gonna agree with you because my my number one thing is the one trash movie that I got to put out there that Thor Dark World. I I, put, I I am one of the few that will defend that movie. That was a Thor Thor movie, man, and it was like it was a necessary evil i guess to say for lack of better words it was necessary to bridge that gap between the third one because there had to be stakes um i would say the absolute worst and i'm gonna get so much flack for this the worst marvel movie is age of ultron but <laughs> it's just oh. it's one with, with fucking spader just doing what spader does but it's just like ultron wasn't really intimidating at the end of the day you know and then you get Vision in there, who's supposed to be the end-all, be-all, but then you see an endgame, he's just a trinket. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, the only reason why I say Dark World was trash was because they had a villain that barely anybody remembered. 
if you ask any person what the villain's name, they're going to be like, oh, I can't remember. I thought it was Loki. So, I mean, the the villain wasn't really hyped up as he was supposed to be. Uh, Plus, I mean, from what I remember, Chris Hemsworth was like, that was the movie that almost made me quit playing Thor. Damn. Like, he was like, enjoy everything else. But that one movie was almost the movie to make me just quit playing Thor altogether. But he said, uh, for the director for Thor Ragnarok, pretty much was like, you know what? We're going to do a funnier Thor. We're going to do a lighter Thor. We're not going to do this, you know, mundane robot, which, if you look at it, he kind of was in the first two movies. And the last, in his last movie, that's where he started to shine a little bit more. And then in Infinity War and in Endgame, that's where he really humanized Thor more than anything else. Yeah. And I, I think he was, that movie fell victim of, it was before Marvel really found their formula, before they really found like, this is how you make a movie entertaining for the comic book readers and also people who haven't picked up a comic book in their life. So that was before the like, really, I would say Guardians of the Galaxy really kicked that off. Now, it, from that point, though, you could see like the Iron Man movies really had that kind of balance of funny and action. But that's because Robert Downey Jr. is such a good actor. He's so charismatic. He can sell a box of soap to a bathtub, man. I'm telling you. That, I, I will agree with you 100%, sir. Um, I told myself one of my goals in life is to beat that man. If I ever meet him face-to-face, I will pass out. I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to pass out, but I'm going to get a picture before I do, and then I'm going to tell him that he is a great, inspiring actor. He, he came up from nothing, like a drug habit, drinking habit, everything like that, and then the next thing you know, he gave us the most memorable Iron Man, most memorable character. He played Iron Man. He played Sherlock Holmes. Like, I know his whole library and yeah. everything that he's done. He's amazing. But but let's keep it a whole stack. We He's so charismatic that he did blackface and black people was like, eh, whatever, man, it's cool. He's funny. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. Because he was funny in it. And the best thing about that is that he knew he would probably get some flack for it. But he, I mean, he sold that role. And it's, it's just like, when you have that dynamic, with, and, and I, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole blackface discussion, but I'm sure we will later down this podcast because this is the Black-owned podcast. <laughs> but it's like, I... That was handled, as far as a com- comedy movie is concerned, it was handled so tastefully because you had an actual black man call him on that bullshit. And because method actors are so weird to begin with, he was kind of lost of the type of, he was lost on who he was as a human, as a person. And that's what actually sold that. And I think we were able to yeah. look past that because he was so charismatic and able to sell a role. And that's all we really ask for in movies and superheroes in, in particular. Uh, like, uh, and I'm going to branch off a little bit, like with uh, Fantastic Four, you know, the one where 
Michael B. Jordan was Johnny Storm. A lot, he caught a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people caught flack because, well, Johnny Storm can't be black. <laughs> Pull up my britches. Get the fuck out of here. If he can play the role, he can play the role. Now, um, the, the way that movie was handled may have not been what you wanted, but he carried that movie. <laughs> so he, he much I mean, he was the he was the rising star out of that one because everybody else felt like robots, and no. I'm gonna use that term very much so robots because Reed Richards stiff, Sue Storm stiff, uh, Doctor Doom of all people, he shouldn't be stiff. Like he should be the one that grabs. He's the focal point pretty much. Yeah, stiff as hell. And yeah. and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That movie, like I worked, so I worked for so many places. I'm, I'm gonna just put this out there. I worked for so many places. I'm a jack of all trade, master of none. I've worked for Walmart. I've worked for uh, Ubisoft. I've worked for GameStop. I've worked for. Um, I've worked as a janitor, a carpenter, an electrician. I've worked so many jobs that it's under my belt that I can sit up there and say I can see it from different perspectives, but. When I worked for Walmart, like the movie was so trash, they were practically giving that movie away. Like as a Christmas gift, they were giving it away for free. Like one dude walked away with like five of those things. And I told him, I was like, you're going to be so disappointed. So, I mean, if, if Marvel ever decides to do a Fantastic Four, I hope, I know they're going to do right by it. They're going to do justice to it. And, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, speaking of that, Doctor Doom movie potential. There are there are rumors floating for a Doctor Doom movie, and I think you kind of need Doom in this in this universe in this Marvel universe because he was one of the the big big bads of the Marvel entirety, and I think you need him in here to kind of uh, I, I to bring it all together. Like I, me being a comic book reader. Um, maybe more so back in the day, not so much now with you know my son and all. Um, right, it Civil War was really good, I loved it a lot, but it had some of those key elements that were missing from the comic book that I'm not mad because they had to make it to fit a new audience and they also had to work around the Fox license, the Sony license, that type of thing. Um, and they did well with what they, what they could do with, but I, I just, uh, I I, I think you need Doom here, man. I think you need a Fantastic Four here. Fantastic Four's absence was felt throughout those, you know, those big, big movies. Uh, because Reed Richards yeah. played a big part in Civil War, believe it or not. Uh, the X-Men played a big part in Civil War. Yeah. The Punisher played a big part in Civil War. Okay. And it's just like, you don't yeah. have all those dynamics. Right. Because, I mean, that's where that's where Marvel and Netflix or Marvel and Fox, or Marvel and Sony. And, and my thing about it is Marvel spread themselves so thin that they weren't ready to, like, I'm going to take it back to the, the first Iron Man movie. That was a huge gamble. Like, Robert Downey Jr., Kevin Feige, Stan Lee all said the same thing. They were like, Iron Man was a huge gamble. If the movie did not prosper, if it didn't make the big dollars, we were not going to go forward. We were going to sell off all the rights to uh, these other distribution companies 
and they would have made their own variation of it and it wouldn't have been what we have now so for marvel who i would say is the top leader in making their movies had marvel not taken that risk we probably wouldn't have known what a really good superhero movie was yeah i so, agree I, I i'm 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 an oh my god i'm an advent comic book lover and for these movies to be put out like that, like DC starting to catch up, uh, they did really good with Man of Steel. Mike, I know how much you hate Superman because he's OP as fuck, and his I, number one weakness, number one weakness is a rock. Yeah, and you know what though, and I and I think I've had this discussion with you. As much as I hate Superman, and I'm gonna get hella flack for that. I just think he's a born superhero. I just think he's OP. I think they, the writers for Superman, just you know, kind of just smash your head into a keyboard and be like, "Hey, he got this fire now." But that's like I said, neither here nor there. As much as I hate Superman, I liked Man of Steel, and I think where they messed up was trying to rush and catch up with uh, Marvel, and oh. didn't. I think Superman deserved that proper sequel before they did that joint move with Batman. I, I think yeah. he deserved to be more fleshed out. All he did was really, all you saw was his backstory, him kill Zod. I mean, you didn't need to get to see him be Superman for all that long. And so yeah. I think you needed a movie in between Batman versus Superman to really establish him as the God of superheroes. I, I just yeah, like when you, when you automatically, I mean, when you rush into a movie, and put him getting beat down by a human in a mech suit. It's just like, it really cheapens how strong he really is. And it just proves my point. It gives me more ammo to be like, hey man, fuck him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kind of going back to the Marvel universe at large, we, uh, they introduced something in Endgame, and I think they're going to be expanding on this. And this Spider-Man movie was the, the multi-dimension, the multiverse. Uh, oh, in man. my brain, I'm thinking this is going to go Secret Wars, where you'll get two versions or different multi-universes of different characters clashing together, and then the whoever you know wins that battle becomes the new mainstay. And I think I thought they would introduce that a little bit in Endgame when they started talking about different timelines. But man, I think that's going to be the next like Infinity Wars. I think Secret Wars is on the docket, man. I don't think that's too far-fetched. Well, I, I don't think it's too far-fetched, but now that we've got, like, like we were talking about, the big three, technically the big three, um, Stark, Rogers, Romanov, gone. Gone. Yeah. Captain America, old. Tony Stark, sacrifice. Uh, Black Widow sacrifice. Who, how are they going to pull this off? Like, I'm not saying that those three are mainly needed, but they mm -hmm. kind of because they're the focals. Captain America was the moral compass of the group. Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow was pretty much the glue that kind of held the team together. And mm -hmm. Tony Stark, brains of the whole thing. Like, he can come up with a strategy and he adapted to it. So, so I think they're not in a bad spot in that regard because they have established some characters that can kind of pick up those mantles. Like uh, Sam Wilson, we already know, uh, is going to be the Captain America moving forward. I wish it was Bucky, but uh, I don't think he's – and sorry, ladies, I don't think he's charismatic enough to carry that role in a standalone movie. Um, 
in the comic <laughs> books, when Thor lost his hammer, Jane Foster uh, became the the Thor, uh, the new mainstay Thor when they, you know, rebooted the Avengers. Um, but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I don't know oh, if she's going to be, yeah, I don't know if she's going to come back to be Thor whipping that hammer around. I think it's going to be Valkyrie. Like you said, Valkyrie is going to be the... Uh, well, the, she's now the, the, uh, new Asgard. Yeah. But yeah, Valkyrie, man, I think she's going to be the uh, the she's gonna take over the mantle as Thor. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as uh, Iron Man is concerned, that's a tricky one because they yeah. they want. I think in the trailers of Spider Man, they're trying to sell Spider Man as being taken over that role for now. Um, and I don't think um, it escapes me. Uh, when the Paltrow's character, what's her name? Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Always call her Penny Potts. Uh, (laughs) I don't think she would take over that role, especially because uh, the rescue suit was just supposed to literally just get her out of trouble. Um, And let's let's talk about where those Mandarin powers went. Hmm? Where they at? But... (laughs) I'm 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 going to say this much. I'm going to say this much. Gwyneth Paltrow, just just to debunk a lot of theory behind that. Gwyneth Paltrow, Endgame was her last movie. So she's okay. done. She's no longer Pepper Potts. Um, to answer your other question, as far as where the uh, I remember the the extremist powers. The extremist powers. Um, Tony finished the equation, so he was able to neutralize all the rest of that stuff to where she no longer had that ability. It was out of her system, everything, this, that, and the other. So yeah, she pretty much went to a regular, regular human being instead of like this super powered being who could pretty much take anybody's head off. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, now see, this is, this is what we mean by getting deep into it. Um, Uh, we started off with Marvel, which is a very deep concept, and that would entirely need its own episode itself. That way, we could actually go into it. But I'm gonna keep us on on, on our docket. Uh, yeah. Anime. This oh. last episode of the Rise of the Shield. Oh my God. Okay, hold on, hold on. Before we get into the Rising of the Shield hero, I want mm-hmm. to give the the warning now. That we are going to be talking about the Shield Hero in its entirety for the most part, including the season finale. So there will be big spoilers. This is a new anime, so if you uh, are, you know, lacking on keeping up with the episodes, or if you're in the middle of it, uh, don't let's stop. Stop listening now until you watch the the whole season, and then and I hate to shoot you away, but then come back when you're done because we about to talk that shit. All right. So, my whole thing is, where in the flying fuck are these new people coming from? Because now we're we're talking about another world. Like, yeah. Like, who's causing the waves to begin with? Why are the waves starting? Like, I want to know more about the waves. More importantly, I want to know what the fuck's going to happen to. Um, the four heroes, yeah. especially the shield, because he's now a lord of the demi humans. 
And you you know, um, just kind of span it going back. Um, I the 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 reason why this anime kind of stuck out to me was due mm-hmm. to the fact that the protagonist got it, they beat down the protagonist so much throughout yes. the whole series. He literally had nothing to live for. Uh about four episodes in. I mean, he was just the world had beat him down. And 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 this this is a like kind of like I would say this is kind of similar to like the the cancel movement or like the uh the the view of pu- the court of public opinion where somebody will say something about you and because people believe them over you that's how you're read into society for le- forever and it takes yeah. the extreme amount of comeuppance to get over that and even still because they beat you down you can forgive them but you never forget how they treated you and i think that's what nafumi is going through or what he is going to be battling with uh from the series moving on forward uh now fast forwarding back to the waves i don't know what the fuck the, fuck the waves are i think the concept of the waves being um transporting these different universes these different worlds together to and then they all meet in the same kind of because it's a game same kind of server and then they have mm. to battle it out. I think that's pretty. I think what we're gonna find out is the waves, the monsters in the waves are not the true enemy. It's the way the game is trying to get them to destroy each other's worlds. So, so yeah, the monsters are important, and I think the monsters are just extra to get material to level up. But when you, these different heroes clash, it takes either the time running out or their death to end it. And I and I think that's going to be a ongoing theme moving forward. Um, now, I know I'm kind of just kind of s- snowballing here. Um, the finale. I know I, I when I watched it, I told, "Hey, Derek, you need to fucking watch this." It rubbed me the wrong way, and I need to know I'm not the only one. What did before I get into that? What did you think about the finale? Oh man, like it gave me more questions than answers more than anything else. And I was a little bit, I was pissed about that. I was like, you didn't explain anything. Like you gave me like a taste. It's like putting a piece of cake in front of me and saying, you can only have this crumb. No, don't do that shit. You opened up a whole new door. Give me answers before you give me more questions because there's still mystery shrouded behind who the hell was the slave keeper talking to who who it was one of the royal guards but that's what i'm saying what role do they play it's it's not of it's not a matter of who it's what what purpose do they serve yeah are they the new antagonist are they are they going to be a big bad or is there going to be a huge betrayal is somebody going to die like i'm trying to figure this stuff out and for the fact that, like, and, and I'm going to go back to what you were talking about, like, four days, in, like, in the in the show itself, four episodes in, like, Nafumi was, dis- like, straight up destroyed, taken from the glory of being a hero to being, you are the epitome of straight shit. Yeah. And, and the main person that did that, they, I mean, 
Granted, the king and and oh girl did not did not get what they deserved. It kind of yeah. made me mad a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. Now that yeah. we know that they they the, the justice was served in a in a awkward way, uh, the king is now called trash, which is appropriate, and his <laughs> his oldest daughter, which kills me. Her name is. What was it? It's slut first, and then her traveling name is bitch. Yeah. And, and <laughs> go I, ahead. My thing is like, and what bothered me about that character is that mm-hmm. she didn't have, she didn't really have a change of heart after Nafumi saved her life. She was about to be executed. Right. She called out to him out of desperation. He saves her life, and then she's still trying to do some like some slick shit on the side after like the congratulation party. And her little sister, uh, Melty, is trying to fucking, like, yo, come on, man. You know better than that. Like, this man saved your life, and yet you still want to be salty about it? Like, come on. Now, and then, uh, well, going into the finale, what bothered me the most is that um, after all this buildup, all this buildup of how they, in order to get back to their world, they need to defeat the waves. Not only did they yeah. not state what the waves are by the end of season one, but Nafumi has abandoned his existence on Earth. And I think that's borderline because he had no he had no identity back in his real world. But at the same time, it's like to do that would to be to abandon your humanity. True. Uh, and um, I just, I don't know, man. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because now there's, I don't know if it affects the, like I said, like I said earlier about um, Dark World with Thor, it, it, does it affect the landscape of the stakes? What is really at risk? This world that you were thrusted into, how much do you really care about it? True. I mean, but I think he's only doing that just to keep uh... If you're hearing this, you're probably wondering to yourself, hey, Mike, why'd you have to use the D.O. time stop in the middle of the episode when stuff was just getting good? I'll tell you why. Because not only is Derek's microphone a piece of shit, but also the device that he's using to record this podcast is as well. But don't worry. In traditional salt god fashion i'm gonna stay on his back about it i'm gonna make sure he gets his stuff correct let me take this time to say thank you for listening to us thank you for listening to salt happens podcast thanks for giving us all a chance now back to the show all right so yeah what i was saying was and this is just me foreshadowing like i feel like nafumi is going to try to find a way to bring uh philo and Raphthalia with him to the real world. If not, I did not even, I didn't even, that thought never even crossed my mind. My thought has never been to, Hey, let's go back to my world. I always thought like she wanted to stay and, and, and Philo wanted to stay and, uh, the raccoon chick. Yeah. I thought, I didn't even think of that. And who's See? to say? Who's to say? They're not players from the real world as well. True. See. Yeah. See? 
<laughs> That's a new perspective. Uh, you come back but, and have a big ass bird in his house. Oh shit. <laughs> what if they're both dudes? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's how, hey, that's how I really be though. You be playing, you be playing like uh, MMO, like Final Fantasy fourteen online, and they make they be making the most anime looking chicks on there. Put the bus scaler all the way up. Put the booty scaler all the way up, and then you get in that voice chat. Hey, what up, dog? Hey, what? Oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you are wild, bro. Uh but yeah, man, I think I I I, I did like this anime a lot, so I won't knock it too hard. Um yeah. it's one of the better animes that, that's been released right now. And I, I what I'm seeing a lot of I read a lot of shonen because Ra Ra I, I like screaming, I like big muscly dudes screaming and fighting out at fast pace. That I grew up off Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop is not really a shonen, but hey, it's in there. Trigun, Cowboy all Bebop that. Still that shit. Yeah, uh, but it's just like that's the type of stuff I grew up on, so I still have a place in my heart for that. Um, but there's a lot of good anime being written off of light novels right now, and those uh, are like kind of, I would say, and and somebody's gonna correct me, but those are kind of like. Um, like little short stories as far as manga is concerned. And I think those, like uh, Sword Art Online is a light novel. And it's just a bunch of stories that are combined into, you know, one to make an overarching, you know, journey. Um, speaking of, that shit is on a hiatus till October, bro. What? Sword Art. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because they did catch a lot of heat for that uh, sexual violence episode. So yo, he he cut that motherfucker's arm off. He said, I will not stand for this. He said, No, sir. He said, <laughs> I will be I, I will get struck by the gods. I don't care. I will not stand for this sexual misconduct. Man, but when he did it, he did it. So I, I applauded him during that moment. Cause yeah. that was deep. Um, but to to tap on that subject, though, um, this almost reminds me, and I'm going to take you back, Mike, because you were the one that put me on this, Log Horizon. Oh, I'm sorry, because I was on Log Horizon, and the fucking theme song was hype as shit. Uh, Log Horizon did not end well. <laughs> it did like, not. It, it 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 went from being a, like uh, a really detailed MMO, like trapped in MMO story, to hey, this is how you do taxes. I don't, dog, I don't want to see that. This is life I don't want to. I don't want the commerce in my anime. But uh, yeah. but um, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much my theory on where this is possibly going. Now again. If you hear, if it happens, you heard it here first. I'm just saying. Yeah, we if, got it recorded. He, he, I mean, if he decides to try to bring them along with him, I said it, I put it out there, and you can see me as the all-knowing being. Put it like uh, that. Anime being, I'm not going to say all-knowing being overall, but as far as anime, yes, I will take it. Mm. So... <laughs> 
Um, so I know we were touching on uh, Marvel earlier, and we had a good discussion about that. Um, we have our very first looks, of, as far as E3 is concerned, at that Square Enix Marvel Avengers game. What is your thoughts on that? Yes, and and I was hype about it. When I heard about it, what, it was like two, maybe three years ago that they gave us a trailer for it? Yeah, they it gave us a little, like, teaser. Um, But when I saw the final, what they call the final product, that I was kind of disappointed because... I mean, a lot of people were giving a lot of slack about Captain America's new look or how the actor, the voice actors were and things along those lines. And I agree with some of them to that extent, but I did do a little bit of my research as a, a as a faithful. And going back, Captain America did kind of have some of that body armor. Like if you if you dig deep enough, there were some issues where he did have some body armor. Yeah. But uh, from my understanding, they are actually going back to tweak the looks of the characters after receiving so much backlash. I and, have an issue with that. I have an issue with that because I didn't I didn't really care for the way they looked, but I know I wasn't going to be happy no matter what they did because it's not the people we've been on a 15-year journey with. So yeah, I, I, I know that... Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be happy in that regard, so I just had to accept the fact that, hey, this is how they're going to look for this game. Um, Peter Parker in the Spider-Man game doesn't look like the Peter Parker, any of the Peter Parkers that we know. Um, well, and that, and that's the funny part about it. So I was somebody was playing around the other day. You know how they have those photo, uh, photo morphers where you can yeah. have, like, this is what your child's going to look like? Somebody took Andrew Garfield... Um, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland and combined their faces all together. And it actually did look like the Spider-Man in the Spider-Man game. So, so technically, I, they're paying homage to all three of them at one time. Yeah. So I, I will I will accept that one. Yeah. And it's like, but like I was saying, like it uh it it bothers me because this kind of leads into, and we, we won't talk about this on this episode, but the entitlement of people a little bit. People can't just yeah. ex, people just can't accept the way that things were made for you know the way the artist intended it to be. And what yeah. makes me think about that is people's reaction to the way these characters look in this game, and people's reaction to Sonic the Hedgehog in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's like I was, I that didn't look like any Sonic that I knew or recognized, but it still right. had the characteristics of Sonic. Yeah. People start getting into semantics like, oh, the teeth, the teeth, the teeth. I don't care. Does he run fast? Does he do the buzzsaw? Does he talk like Sonic? Does he tap his foot like Sonic? That was all the things that matters. What makes Sonic Sonic? We've seen so many looks of Sonic throughout the years. I don't think it matters at this point. And another thing we need to realize as, you know, uh, as fans of a franchise that get a, a, a movie adaptation, no matter what you change, more than likely, the script is going to be trash. So you can yes. change the way he looks. It doesn't matter if it's a movie, that the script is bad, if the movie is bad. Jim Carrey is still going to still end up carrying that movie, believe it or not. And his Robotnik looked good, and I heard some flack on that. So... And, There's uh, no way to please him. 
So I think <laughs> it, when, in th- when in this case, you need to put your bias to the side and just kind of accept things for what they are to begin with. And when it releases, if the game is shit, then the game is shit. And that's just how you do that. And you know how you combat that from making for people making more shit with your wallet. Don't open up your wallet and spend your money on these games that you don't like. True. And I know that was kind of going off topic a little bit, but uh, I am excited about this Marvel Avengers game. I think they're mm-hmm. in that trailer. There's a little bit of frame rate issues, but I mean, I don't know what build this could have been pre beta, pre alpha build that they were showing off. Um, it is from what I hear true gameplay footage. So that's sound that looks promising. I just know that when my wife, who is not a gamer at all, saw Hulk jump down on that highway and Hulk smash, she was like, that's some jank. And so if she can see that, then I, I, the people like us who actually play these games will definitely see that noticeable. And I think we shouldn't be blind to that. And we should hold uh, studios and game developers accountable for that. Um, I'm the type of person that if you got to delay a game, delay it. Just get it right. True, true. Now, you did bring up a good point, and I want to segue into that topic. Life as a gamer. Pretty much life as a black gamer as well as a first-time father. As as we both stated, we're both first-time dads. Um, I have a four-year-old. Mike has... Uh, I have a four-year-old daughter. Her name is Raylan. Mike has a bouncing boy yeah. landing who I, and Mike I'm going to brag about your son a little bit his son amazing already he sits up there and he'll mimic Sir Michael more than anything else and I find that to be the most amazing thing on the planet my daughter who again first time, first child she is something special i can already see like her nerdism showing early because mm-hmm. my daughter, she she caught me off guard the other day we were riding down the highway yesterday spider-man was sitting up on a billboard she automatically knew who spider-man was my daughter sleeps with a spider-man blanket and has an iron man nightlight and love <laughs> bruh i gave her this blanket when she was like three months and she still has this blanket like to me that is like the biggest pride of a father right there um uh, i'm sorry i'm gushing a little bit but no um as a as a black gamer slash anime watcher or otaku and everything like that it's it's like a stereotype like black people like hip-hop and wearing baggy clothes and wearing big chains and can't you know don't hold jobs this that and the other which is all bullshit. Everybody's their own person. It just depends on the environment that they're raised in. Um, I'm a middle child. I'm 30, soon to be 31. And for me, I was like the black sheep of the group. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't really seen as the sports guy or the all around academics guy. I was the nerd, the quiet nerd that was charismatic in the back of the classroom and with crack jokes, I was the class clown. But I'm the first, I, I will say this with so much pride in my voice. I was the first to graduate college out of three kids. I was the first to get my own apartment. I was the first to get my very first car. I was the first to 
um, get baptized. I was the first to have a kid. I was the first to, to hold a job longer than six months. So for me, it was like, I'm proving you guys wrong, mm. but it's all for me to say, these are my accomplishments and nobody can take that away from me. But yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And I think, um, and I appreciate the the kind words for my Tasmanian devil of a son, Landon, who is now <laughs> full on walk walking and just tearing up the house. Um, but yeah, man. I, and I think uh, my son is he's one. And I think the experiences that I had growing up being a person of color, uh, being black and not being or having my interests be in the norm. Uh, it, was a, it was it was a little bit rough. But one thing that I've noticed throughout the years through growing up uh, is that being a being a black person or black people in general, we are resilient, man. We tough, man. We tough skin. So no matter how much you beat us down, we will find a way to rise above. And that's this is not me putting on my black beret and holding my fist up. It's just a matter of fact. I mean, we've we as a people have been through so much, and yet here we are, man. We and I know we have uh, our communities that struggle, and I know we struggle with you know with liking self, which is I think a bigger problem in our community. But it it just we man, we got so much strength. It's unre it's unreal, and just to speak to that. I mean, growing up, I was in the Daft Punk, Gorillas. I was skateboarding, man. I was listening to Papa Roach, you know, chop my life into pieces, that shit. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I was judged at first, but once I showed that I'm going to like what I like, and uh, I don't care if you like me, I think people kind of, that became some kind of form of endearment. I think people kind of really drew to that, like, oh, we can't really fuck with him. and. Uh, Kids these days, I don't think they're made that tough. Uh, but it's like right now, uh, I think this time, it, this time period where it's cool to like the things that we like now. It's the norm to like the things we like now. And it's like you almost frowned upon not to be involved in some of this stuff. You're almost seen as an outcast. I think this is the best time for a nerd to have a kid and to bring up a kid because everything is so readily available and like my son is my son knew how to hold a playstation controller the correct way at about seven months i would head into him upside down and he would flip it over and look at me like what the hell are you doing to me bro <laughs> and it's like that the access and the way the people the kids learn today is just at a it's just exponentially faster than how we grew up on um but it's i, I think there's a market for people like us, the the black nerd, the black anime watcher, the black, uh, black anything, man. I, I just, and I don't want this to be the biggity black black podcast, but I mean, I'm black on both sides, and as much as my, uh, as much as I was kind of outcast for being quote unquote white. Bro, I, I'm still here. With, I'm still here, bro. I'm still here liking the same thing I like. I still like the. I still like the 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 rap that I grew up listening to. I still like the rap today. I still like all the things that would make a quote unquote black person a another huge rotation black person is all in me. I just like more shit. I'm open to more shit. 
And I just think that once we are able to get over our own ego and accept people for who they are, accept ourselves for who we really are, I think we will grow as a people, uh, as, as, as humans in particular, at a rate that cannot be stopped, man. That's just, that's just real talking. But, and, uh, I, and I feel the same way about that. Um, for me, I grew up in, I grew up in these, these preppy neighborhoods and stuff like that. I was seen as the Tolkien black guy. Oh, every time that I would come into a room or something like that. Oh, he's, it's the black guy. It's the black guy. Or when I went to like, I'm, I'm a military brat. So I came from all over. So pretty much when I went to school in uh, the fanciest part of North Carolina, um, it was like, it was predominantly black. And I was seen as an outcast there. I didn't really fit in with anybody because nobody was on the same, you know, stuff that I was on. When I moved to South Carolina, same deal. It was, nobody was on the same stuff that I was on. Like, for me to feel really accepted was in, and Mike, this is, this is going to be the moment. Um, I know we were trying to shoot for 45 minutes, but we kind of ran over that already. It's so fine. I said a 15 minute. Um, when I, and, and this is going to be touching off the subject of what we were talking about in Salt Happens. The first time that I met Mike, everything changed. Mike was pretty much, and I call Mike my brother. I, granted, we've never met face to face, things like that. But this dude is more like my brother than anything else. We're not bound by blood. We're bound by the things that we we enjoy and what we love. When I first met Mike, it was on the Xbox. First time ever. It was the first friend that I made on Xbox Live, and it was just purely through shit talking. Um, Halo 3, I remember the map exactly. It was Valhalla because we were going back and forth between the ramps mm-hmm. and trying to grab the, the sniper rifles and stuff like that. Uh, his bitch ass had to grab the plasma sword, if anything, to just kill me and shit talk the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as 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 time went on our friendship grew and the more our friendship grew the more our interest in certain things started to kind of like collide with each other it was more like yo did you watch this no i haven't seen this but have you seen this and then we started exchanging some of the interests that we came across over time to where we started to become more diverse in not only gaming but anime uh, not an- not only anime, but movies or novels like Mike. I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here. You actually inspired me to go out buy like a few copies of One Piece, and so I think one of these days when I actually have time to actually sit down and relax a little bit, I'm gonna start watching One Piece from the very beginning. And- I think we all need a little bit of time. That's fucking 800 episodes. Jesus Christ. Oh God. But um, Mike also introduced me to Fairy Tale, which I was not put on at all. Like I was neglected. And then when Mike told me about Fairy Tale, I started watching that. Oh man, Natsu, my dude. I don't care what anybody says. Natsu is that shit. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna start jumping off into the anime aspect. But no, like Mike actually opened the door for a lot of things for me. And then the more that me and Mike converse and everything like that, 
the more open I was about that stuff. Now I can go out here and there's like people at my, my current job that I can talk to about, yo, did you hear about this anime or yo, did you hear about this movie or yo, did you know about this game? And we can converse uh, openly about it. Like being a nerd back then was kind of like a taboo. Whereas being a nerd now is more openly accepted. So yeah. for my daughter who is mixed, uh, she is black and white. Uh, for those who may have questions, she is black and white. Um, for her to grow up in an environment to where being a nerd openly is more accepted as it is now versus back then, it puts a little bit of hope that hopefully somebody somewhere out there in the world will, you know, strike the conversation and it just lead to a, a newer, better generation than what the cards that me and mike were possibly dealt in out during our time yeah so but i'm gonna tell yeah, you right I, now listening to daft punk while skateboarding down the street in the hood is fucking wild bro i don't know what i was thinking i, I just i'm glad my cousins was out there like oh that's just bro that is fucking wild <laughs> Now, see, I wasn't I wasn't the skateboarder. I was more of the the biker type. Like I would have like a BMX bike and just ride around. Like my first my first encounter with extraordinary music was Gorillas, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I remember. I remember riding down the street on my bike with my MP3 player, listening to the Gorillas, and I mean, I would. I'd just be flying down the street. I wouldn't care what was going on around me. And like Yo, some shout of the kids... out, shout out to uh Toonami because Toonami put a lot of motherfuckers on gorillas in Daft Punk. Uh I, I know that's, that's how I discovered them. That's how I did too. Um I remember staying up. It was like um I remember exactly what it was. It was the night that they were showing uh Gundam Wing Endless Waltz as a midnight showing. Yeah. The gorillas he was and Tom had came on. Shout out to Steve Bloom. That man is the God. The, yes, voiceover God. I follow him on Twitter, and some of the stuff that he says is true to heart. But uh Tom said other is like speaking of gorillas, why don't you just listen to a group? And he's like, when they started playing that, bruh, I had to find that song. Like that song Boy, started everything. <laughs> Boy, I was like, hey, you hear that from the corner of your ear? You're like, hey, hey, hey we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> what is this? But no, like, and then listening to, like, Daft Punk and, like, One More Time or uh, by, uh, what was it, Technologic or um, what's another one? When when the new uh, Tron, Tron Legacy came out mm -hmm. and they did Rez. Oh, my God. Do you know that I played D-Rezzed the entire time that I was in a boss fight? And that was on for a good 15 minutes straight until I beat the boss. Yeah, Like that yeah. powerful music right there. Bro, that so, Discovery album by Daft Punk with that one more time, that like that whole anime series that was accompanied by that, bro, that changed a lot of things musically for me. I just yeah. changed the way that I listen to music. Never before then, and I was young then, but never before then did I think of music being told as a story. And so now 
when I listen to music, that's a lot of what I'm looking for. Like my favorite rapper of all time uh, and come at me, fight me is Lupe Fiasco. The, despite his yeah. latest releases, he always had a way of telling the story. Nothing is fucking with Lupe Fiasco's The Cool album. Nothing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, one, I will, now I'm going to tell, I'm going to touch on this briefly and then I'm going to jump right back off on it. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Best soundtrack. Anime. Best soundtrack ever. That soundtrack right there, it made you go through the fields. Especially yeah. the last. All right, man. Uh, I mean, I think we had a pretty good discussion here. I know we got some kids to get back to. Uh, yeah. Me being Landon waking up from his nap. He's just looking around. I got him on a baby monitor. So got to go back to being a, a dad full time again, man. But uh, any closing statements? Um, only thing that I can say is stay sexy, watch anime, and when life's got you down, think of the good shit. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my feeling about it. But um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and close. Say this. Uh, this again is the Derek the Kid. Um, catch me online on the PSN network and U one underscore Kid, and uh, I'll catch you there. Yeah, and this is Michael Monkey Boy Shields, aka the Mighty Shields. You can find me on Instagram at the Mighty Shields. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Mightier Shield. Actually, it's just Mightier Shields is what it is. Uh, my fault. Um, we are a part of the Salt Happens crew, so you can find us on Instagram as uh, official Salt Happens. Same with Facebook. We have a Facebook page on there. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave a review. Uh, I'll leave a rating. It help us. It helps us get noticed uh, by other users of podcasts uh, who listen to podcasts, and it'll really help us get our name out there. But other than that, all I have to say in closing is: uh, drink water, man. Stay hydrated. It's hot out here. It's a hot ass summer, um, and yep, a lot of y'all yep. motherfuckers out here drinking soda still, thinking it's quenching your thirst. Uh, drink water, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, very fast signing 